Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to What The Bump. Today, we are gonna kind of pick up where we left off in the last podcast episode. The last episode, go back and listen to it if you have not. We talked about the hepatitis B vaccination and the erythromycin eye ointment, which are two out of the three medications given to your newborn right at birth. Now today, we are gonna talk about the third medication given to your newborn, and that is the vitamin K shot. The vitamin K shot is given to prevent vitamin K deficiency bleeding, which was thought to be a problem of the past, but recently has came back into the spotlight due to a a hospital in Nashville, Tennessee that actually had six newborns admitted in 2013 with this vitamin K deficiency bleeding. Four out of these six infants had bleeding in the brain and two of them had bleeding in their intestines. Two of them required emergent brain surgery to save their life and one actually had severe brain damage, ended up with right-sided paralysis and severe cognitive injuries. The infants were all between seven weeks and five months old. Three were male, three were female. Three were born in the hospital, two were born at home, one at a birth center. They all had normal vaginal births none of them were born via cesarean birth none of them had traumatic births which would be like use of forceps or a vacuum delivery all of the newborns had not been sick taken any antibiotics had a mother who had been sick or on a restrictive diet and none of them were shown to have any head trauma all of the infants were breastfed and actually had critically low vitamin K in their blood. But most importantly, the thing that was in common with all six of these infants were that all of their parents at birth had declined the vitamin K shot. Like I kind of touched on, vitamin K is a fat-soluble vitamin, so it's not a vaccination. The vitamin K shot is completely different from a vaccination. It's a fat-soluble vitamin that is needed for blood clotting. Now, we get vitamin K from green leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, collard greens, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, avocados, banana, kiwis, soybean oil, and a lot of other foods that we eat. Newborns, of course, are not eating these foods. So they cannot ingest vitamin K like we can, and they can't store it in their body very well either. And for the most part, when we have lower vitamin K levels, our bodies can still manage, they can still clot. But with newborns, their levels, because they are not born with vitamin K, they can't ingest vitamin K, their levels can get critically low if they're not given that vitamin K shot. And they can reach a point where their bodies will no longer clot and they'll start to spontaneously bleed. So these newborns that were in Nashville, they didn't have head trauma or any like intestinal trauma. They just their vitamin K got so low that they just started to bleed spontaneously. And wherever the body chooses to bleed, that's where it does. There's no really rhyme or reason. It just spontaneously will bleed. And there is different classifications of vitamin K deficiency bleeding depending on when it happens. There's early onset vitamin K deficiency bleeding, which is in the first 24 hours. There's classical vitamin K deficiency bleeding, which is in the first week. And then there's late late vitamin K deficiency, which is in the like three to eight week range. And the most common places for you to have this spontaneous bleeding in a newborn is of course the brain and intestines, like I touched on. Also just throughout the skin and GI tract are very common places for this spontaneous bleeding to occur. So clearly you can kind of already tell the conclusion that I'm drawing very early on in the podcast. Vitamin K is very important to prevent your newborn from having any bleeding. Now, I'm gonna go into studies and evidence on the vitamin K shot, and I'm also gonna talk about you know risks and benefits of the shot because I always want you to make your decision, your own decision based on what you want. However, in 1944, there was a Swedish study done including 13,000 infants and they were given the vitamin K shot and it's 0.5 milligrams of vitamin K. So it's super small. And this study actually included babies who were given it orally or an injection. And I'm going to talk about oral 
later on oral vitamin k but most commonly given is the injection in the hospital and these babies were given on the first day of life the researchers found that the infants who received the vitamin k had a five-fold reduction in the risk of bleeding or death during the first week of life compared to newborns who were not given any vitamin k it was estimated that for every 100,000 full-term infants who were born vitamin k saved about 160 infants per year out of those 100,000. So to make that comparison a little bit easier compared to babies who are given it and not given it, it's thought that about 7.2 infants out of 100,000 will develop vitamin K deficiency if they don't receive vitamin K. And if they do receive vitamin K, only about 0 to 0.4 out of that 100,000 will develop vitamin K deficiency bleeding. So both numbers are small, of course, like 4.4 to 7.2 out of 100,000 is not that much, but giving the vitamin K shot can almost completely make that risk about zero to 0.4 out of 100,000, which is a big difference when we're talking about life and death of your newborn. People also ask and have questions about delayed cord clamping and breastfeeding when it comes to vitamin K deficiency. People tend to think, well, if we just delay the cord, my baby will get all the blood from the cord and the placenta and they'll have enough vitamin K. And if I breastfeed and I'm eating vitamin K rich foods, green leafy vegetables, things like that, then my infant will get the vitamin K through my breast milk. And delayed cord clamping is great. It does increase the iron levels of the baby and blood is very rich in iron, but cord blood is extremely low in vitamin K. So delayed cord clamping is great. I recommend it for every single baby, every single person. You should do that with your birth but it is not going to really help or affect the vitamin K levels. As well as breast milk, there is very tiny amounts of vitamin K in breast milk. It is just, it doesn't matter how much you eat of it. Your newborn is never gonna get a ton of vitamin K through your breast milk. And these are two of the main reasons why vitamin K is so low in newborns. We can't give it through our breast milk and they really don't get it through the placenta or cord blood during birth, labor, or delivery. And I will say a huge benefit of formula of feeding your baby formula is that formula does have vitamin k in it there are virtually no reports of vitamin k deficiency bleeding occurring in infants who are formula fed in contrast to breast milk formula has very high levels of vitamin k about 55 micrograms per liter and on average babies who are fed formula receive about a hundred times the amount of vitamin k that babies who are breastfed receive and i am by no means saying that feeding your baby formula is better than breast milk because it's not and it never will be formula might have more 100 times more vitamin k than your breast milk does but it is lacking in all the other benefits that breast milk has breast milk is specifically formulated for your baby it has live cells in it and is exactly what your baby needs however there is a benefit in formula with it having the vitamin k in it there's also no evidence that consuming more vitamin k during pregnancy will prevent vitamin k deficiency bleeding in your infants you might be wondering Well, if there's all this evidence on vitamin K shot, why do people actually refuse it? And it's because they think that the IM vitamin K injection is unnecessary. Honestly, it's a lack of knowledge because I can tell you right now, if I had a newborn, I probably won't be giving it hepatitis B or the erythromycin like we talked about last week. And I think at one point I probably thought, well, if I don't need those two, I probably don't need the vitamin K either. So I'll just refuse all of them. And it's truly a lack of lack of knowledge. I didn't know. I hadn't dug into the research and done my job at educating myself on vitamin K and vitamin K deficiency bleeding. And it's also a lot of concerns about preservatives in the shot. People are really concerned about the ingredients that are in the vitamin K shot. And the ingredients in the vitamin K shot are vitamin K. I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's poly exhalated fatty acid dextrose and benzyl alcohol which is the preservative so the preservative is benzyl alcohol and that has been shown to cause respiratory distress in premature newborns it is insanely insanely rare though 
very, very rare for it to ever cause a problem. And it's only in these premature newborns that is a very at-risk population for adverse reactions in many things. The benefits of the vitamin K shot really outweigh any risk of the preservative in the shot with your newborn. And you can ask your hospital if they have a preservative-free version of vitamin K. I know that there is a company out there that makes the preservative-free version. I know that some hospitals do offer it. That is definitely something that you can ask about if your hospital has the preservative-free version of the vitamin K. Also talking about the risk of bleeding in a newborn, I want to touch on the bleeding risk with circumcision because a lot of people obviously are going to have male babies and you are might want to get your baby circumcised. So in about 13.9% of newborns, they actually did have significant bleeding after circumcision if they were not given the vitamin K shot, whereas only about 2.5% who received the vitamin K had any bleeding complications after a circumcision. So that's a huge reduction from about 14% to 2.5% receiving the vitamin K shot. Another concern or controversial topic was vitamin K and leukemia that I stumbled across. People thought that vitamin K was linked to causing leukemia and there was actually 12 studies examining the link of the vitamin K shot and leukemia and only about two small studies ever found a link at all. The other 10 research studies done found absolutely no link between vitamin K and childhood leukemia cancer. So it's highly, highly unlikely that the vitamin K shot causes any leukemia or childhood cancer. The other big thing is oral vitamin K. A lot of people will opt to do oral vitamin K instead of giving their infant the vitamin K shot since they know that oral vitamin K will not run the risk of having any preservatives in it and it makes them feel a lot better than having to give their newborn a shot right at birth. There was a trial done and it included 67 infants and each group completed an eight-week study. The oral dose was given two milligrams of medication, which was the oral vitamin K, two milligrams in a syringe that was put on the back of the infant's tongue. The infant was observed for five minutes to make sure that they actually swallowed the vitamin K and consumed it. And then the second and third doses were given at home after the newborn was born. And the times vary. I think that they say usually about one week and one month. So you give two milligrams at birth orally, two milligrams one week old orally, and then two milligrams one month old orally. And the second and third doses again were given at home. The research found that the average levels of vitamin K in the newborns were at least equal or higher actually in the oral group than the group that was received the injection. These findings suggested that the three-dose oral regimen of the two milligrams of vitamin K is actually very effective. However, the main risk that you run with this is just compliance. It's trusting people to give it to their newborn at that one week and one month or whatever mark that they tell you to. It's just trusting them to go home and still give their infant all three of those oral doses. And it's also finding a oral supplement that has the nutrition facts on it. I guess you would call them nutrition facts, has the supplement facts on it. I did read that it's very hard in the United States to find a vitamin K supplement for a newborn that tells you exactly how much is in each dropper and things like that. It tells you how much per, you know, per ml or how many milligrams are in each ml. And that's really a huge compliance issue. Many researchers say that vitamin K is not available in the U.S. because it's not FDA approved for oral versions for sale. There is at least one oral vitamin K supplement that you can buy in the U.S. and it's called, it's Bio, B-I-O-K-M-U-L-S-I-O-N. So Bio K Mulsion and it contains 500 micrograms of vitamin K per drop. So that would mean about four drops would be your two milligrams. So you'd give about four drops at birth, four drops a week later, and then four drops a month later. Or of course, talk to your pediatrician and find out what they recommend if you want to do oral supplementation. But that is what I could seem to find online. The only other ingredients in this are water, gum arabic, 
which is a common gum that's put in like foods and things like that just to make it a little bit thicker, I believe. And then sesame seed oil. So very good ingredient list, no preservatives whatsoever. And because it's sold as a supplement without FDA approval, this again is where it becomes a little bit of an issue. This medication is not required to have the stated amount of vitamin K on it tested. It's not FDA approved, not FDA tested. It's just harder to regulate. The amount really can vary vial to vial and it is not regulated by a certified third party. So as you can see, many people really might opt to do the oral vitamin K. You are kind of in more control of the oral vitamin K. When studies were done, they proved to be at least equal, if not greater than the newborns who received the vitamin K shot. And it's just, it's, it's less invasive and it's a lot easier on your newborn if you have the fear of giving them a shot with a preservative in it. So those are the benefits of vitamin K. It really is so important to prevent any bleeding in your newborn, especially after birth, no matter whether you had a traumatic birth or not, especially if you have a traumatic birth, please give your infant the vitamin K shot or at least have oral vitamin K on hand at the hospital ready to give your newborn. It is so important because it can save the life of your newborn. And no matter what way you have your birth, C-section or not, I highly recommend using some form of vitamin K. Whether you use the shot at birth or whether you buy the oral drops, you talk with your pediatrician and you figure out a good plan to give those to your newborn, please give your newborn vitamin K. This is the, like I said, I have a strong opinion on this. And I personally have not had a infant have vitamin K deficiency bleeding yet in my practice. And I'm so grateful that I have not came across that. But I know that it does happen and it is just so easy to prevent. If you don't like the idea of giving your newborn shots or anything like that, find the oral stuff, talk with your pediatrician. Maybe they have a way to get oral vitamin K or at least a preservative free shot. The main cons of the vitamin K shot, the downfalls of it are, of course, the pain. Like I said, any bleeding or bruising at the injection site. If your baby has an undetected gallbladder or liver disease, that can prevent them from actually being protected from vitamin K deficiency bleeding. Again, aluminum is not an ingredient ingredient in the vitamin K shot like it is in the hepatitis B vaccine. So like I covered last week in the podcast, hepatitis B has 250 micrograms of aluminum, which for an eight pound baby is 15 times the amount recommended to be given to them in a day. That is not the case with the vitamin K. It has no aluminum in it. And we went over the ingredients and they actually are not bad at all. And that's really all there is to vitamin K. Vitamin K is a shot given at birth to prevent vitamin K deficiency bleeding. Infants are not born with vitamin K. They don't get it through the cord blood or through the placenta or through breast milk. The only way for infants to get vitamin K is either through formula or for through a vitamin K shot at birth or through oral vitamin K drops. Infants who received the vitamin K shot at birth had anywhere from 0 to 0.4 out of 100,000 actually get vitamin K deficiency bleeding. The risk of your infant getting vitamin K deficiency bleeding after getting the vitamin K shot decreased about fourfold. The vitamin K shot does not have any aluminum in it, and it has not been shown to cause any childhood cancers or leukemia. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode on the vitamin K shot. And like I said, if you've not listened to the one on hepatitis B and erythromycin, go back to last week. These are the three medications given to your newborn at birth and every hospital you go to, to give birth, they're going to ask you right away. Do you want your baby to get the hepatitis B vaccine, erythromycin and vitamin K at birth? And you're going to have to answer. So I really hope that you feel informed and educated on all three of these medications and you get to make the choice that you think is best for your newborn and your family at birth. Thank you guys for listening. And I will see you next week to talk about acetaminophen also known as Tylenol, and taking it during pregnancy, giving it to your newborn, all things surrounding acetaminophen use during and throughout pregnancy. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you next week to talk more about the bump.
And of course, I know you all probably know this, but I have to add it in. I make every effort to broadcast correct information through this podcast, but I am still learning so much. So I am in no way providing medical advice through this podcast, just sharing the things that myself and others have experienced or learned. Make sure to consult your physician before taking anything from this podcast and changing your health. This applies to any guests or contributors that I also have on this podcast. Thank you. And I will see you next week.